Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks go out today to Jose Cruz. Still holding down the fort as we got Ace Andrews out there in Jamaica, learning what it's really all about in short-term missions. Look forward to hearing from him next week when he gets back. Hey, just a question for you. Have you taken the time to go out to iWorkForHim.com recently? We made a lot of changes in our lives recently. We've updated the website quite a bit. We want you to go out to iWorkForHim for several reasons. Number one, iWorkForHim.com is a site where you could find get the links to all of the latest shows. iWorkForHim.com is also where you can find out about the iWorkForHim nation. When you go out to the website, a flag will pop up, and it says, hey, join the iWorkForHim nation. And here's what we're looking for. We're looking for Christ followers across the globe to make the commitment to start praying for their co-workers and employees by name each and every day, to look for ways to serve people in the workplace, to look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace so you get an opportunity to show how real your faith is, all along looking for opportunities to pray with people when you notice they're just having a rough day. But members of the I Work For Him Nation are, are top-notch excellent people that operate in excellence each and every day so that no matter what they do it doesn't matter whether they're selling used cars digging ditches running high tension power lines or serving a chick-fil-a sandwich number one on the menu whatever you're doing you're giving glory to the lord in what you do each and every day on I Work For Him, you can also see at the bottom of the front page all of our show sponsors, ministries, and businesses that keep us on the air each and every day. We're always looking for more sponsors, so let us know if you know of a local business or maybe even a national business that would love to get involved. We've also added a Donate Now button where you can get involved in the ministry and help us expand the reach of I Work For Him and also help us with our reach out to, pa- to pastors and churches locally here in Tampa Bay, helping them start up Marketplace Ministries and marriage mentoring ministries. So go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Romans 12, 2 reminds us of the paradigm shift that each and every day as we walk through the door of our workplace, we need to remind ourselves to, to, to understand this message. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. About seven months ago, I heard about Deanne Turner and her brand new book, It's My Pleasure. She's the vice president of corporate talent at Chick-fil-A. And I got a copy of her book through a couple of different connections. Two different people sent it to me, and I said, wow, I got to read this book. I read it a couple of months ago and reached out to Deanne. She's, like I said, the vice president of corporate talent. People are like, what is that? Well, you're going to find out. Deanne Turner, welcome to I Work For Him. 
Thank you so much, Jim. It's truly a pleasure to be with you. And thanks for reading my book. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, anytime I bring an author on the on the the show, either Martha or I will have read the book. And, and today we both read, I read the whole book. Martha's read some pieces of the book. But, you know, we eat Chick-fil-A all the time, so we feel like we qualify anyway to have you on air. <laughs> when we first started the show, we were a small little show one day a week, and one of your local Chick-fil-A um, uh, franchisors, I know you call them operators, uh, sp- uh, sponsored the show just to help us get on the air. We're talking three years ago. It was a great, great thing. We loved having Chick-fil-A commercials. We decided, I did my own. My favorite is the number one on the menu with a cookies and cream shake because that's what it is all right so talk to me about how christ is making an impact in your life today well right now today the biggest thing going on my in on in my faith jim is really the growth of my faith over the last couple of years my husband and i faced some real challenges that i'm sure a lot of our listeners have Uh, my husband and i both each we each lost our father uh, his mother passed away. I lost my business mentor in Truett Cathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I gained new work to do at Chick-fil-A, and that brought new challenges. I had children graduating high school, college, and getting married all in the last couple of years. So just lots <laughs> of changes in this season. But I've never been more certain that God has an amazing plan for my life. And it's during these difficult seasons that, you know, we can either lean into Him or we can cave in to Satan's ploys to steal our heart. And I've tried to lean in, and he's carried me through it, and my faith's grown because of it. It's tough to lean in some days, because some days the world is telling you, what, are you stupid? I mean, yeah. and, and, but, and there are days that just just seem very rough. But I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you leaned in during those times. Martha and I are privileged enough to still have all of our parents with us. We're grateful, and our kids are mm-hmm. all out of college and all, spread across the country from Minneapolis to Iowa to Jacksonville, Florida, so they're all over the place. But that whole stage in life, as life shifts before you, it, it is incredible, but it's great to... How encouraging was your workplace when those days were darker and tougher? Uh, interesting that you say that, because I tell the story. Uh, actually, I tell it when I talk about it. It's my pleasure. But, uh, for instance, when my dad died, you know, and I was sitting in the funeral home and I hadn't eaten all day, it was not my neighbors or my other friends or even my church family, as much as I love them. It was my Chick-fil-A family that came and sat with me and made sure I ate a hand sandwich and made sure that I was taking care of me. And um, when that church was packed that day that we had the funeral for my dad, um, it was full of Chick-fil-A people. And we, we talk about that we live life together, and so we celebrate each other's joys, and we also walk through each other's grief. Um, but we truly have that family feel that we take care of one another. I can't believe you just said on a national broadcast that you ate a ham sandwich. I didn't think anybody <laughs> from Chick-fil-A was allowed to eat anything but chicken. It was on a Sunday. Okay. Of course. Good answer. Good answer. So, Deanne, I know a lot of our listeners are much like me, where we get very intrigued about a company like Chick-fil-A and how, you know, getting to get a little glimpse on the inside. And we would love to hear how um, God brought you to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Well, it's a great story. And God used my husband as the instrument that did it. He and I will have been married 33 years on this Saturday. Congratulations. Thank you. And I like to say he changed my life when he changed a tire. Uh, but it was he who was pastoring a church very close to the corporate office of Chick-fil-A, and he had met some people and had lunch at the corporate office, and he said, this is really a place you have to apply. 
And he finally talked me into it. I was in the advertising business at the time and looking for a job in advertising, and I applied for the role or applied for a job. And, and two weeks later, I was promptly, I promptly received a letter that said, thanks, but no thanks. And I thought, well, that's that. But my husband wasn't so easily deterred. And so um, a few weeks later, I applied again. And two weeks later, I got another one of those letters. But by then, I was kind of intrigued. I, I wasn't used to being turned down in life. I had been fairly successful in what I attempted to do. So I thought, you know, wait a minute. I don't like being rejected. I'm going to keep, keep at this. So <laughs> I continued to pursue, um, but didn't really have another opportunity to apply and then one day my husband was in the church office and a woman came in to ask to use the phone. She had a flat tire. And he said, no need for that. I'll change it for you. So he changed the tire. And when he was done, she gave him a coupon for a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. And he said, oh, do you work at Chick-fil-A? And she said, well, I do. But my husband's being relocated. And, and so I've had to resign. And he said, what department do you work in? And she said advertising. And so... He um, he helped her out the door quickly, and then he gave me a call, and he said, they have a job opening in advertising. And so I called, and I think that the sweet little voice on the other end of the line was just really tired of, of dealing with me and me constantly calling, so I was invited in for an interview. And I interviewed and interviewed and interviewed, and finally I got into my final interview, and the person who was in the Vice President of Human Resources said, hey, I also have this job in human resources that you might be interested in. Why don't you think about it over the weekend? So I decided that I probably, um, that I'd like to take the job in HR just to do something different. And, and besides, the people were so nice. And, of course, they were nice because that's what we're paid to do in human resources. <laughs> and, uh, and then I had this idea that, you know, two years later that I would take a job in marketing and move. But um, after 30 years, I'm, I still haven't made it to marketing yet. <laughs> uh, but that was a, that is a short story of about a six-month-long um, interviewing process about how I ended up at Chick-fil-A. You know, in the book, you spend you really speak with such reverence about Truett Cathy and how he even greeted you as you're waiting for that inter those interviews. He came in and shook your hand and greeted you mm-hmm. and made you feel so welcome. How you got to spend some time working alongside him, and for a lot of years before he went to be with the Lord, how yeah. how do, did he successfully set up such a compelling, consistent culture nationwide? I mean, it's. It's uncanny because there's very few organizations around the country where you could talk to people and you're like, yeah, every time I go to Chick-fil-A, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, he selected great people and invested himself personally in those people. And so that sounds simple, uh, but to, just to kind of give you an overview, Trip believed that um, we weren't in the chicken business, that we were really in the people business, and that chicken was simply a means to impact lives. And if you want to impact lives, you've got to select great talent to do it. And so he's very particular about who he went into business with. He looked for franchisees that had the same kind of heart for service that he had, and he looked for people who were capable of leading and that would engage with both the guests and the team members and really would run that business as if he were running it himself. And so he selected those kinds of people, and then he was the role model. And um, he had operated his own restaurant, of course. That's how he got started. Um, one restaurant started in 1946 outside of Atlanta. And so he knew what it took, but he role modeled what he expected. And he visited his restaurants. He spent time with his franchisees or operators, as we sometimes refer to them. He spent time with their team members. 
Uh, that wasn't unusual at all. When he walked in a restaurant, he went and shook hands with all the team members and learned their names. Uh, he invited team members to spend time with him um, at his farm outside of Atlanta. They would come and ride four-wheelers and um, have all kinds of adventures and fishing and such. And that's just the kind of man he was. He was engaged and invested in the people that were in business with him. Your title today is the Vice President of Corporate Talent. And I got to believe that time, as as Truett invested in you and you saw what his true vision was, that choosing this position to be the Vice President of Corporate Talent was was something that, that the Lord just kind of churned in your heart over the years. But a lot of people, like Martha and I were walking this morning, she goes, but what does Vice President of Corporate Talent really mean? Because yeah. uh, you don't you don't hear that anywhere else in any other corporation. What, so what is that what is that title all about? Well, so at Chick Fil A, we don't you know like a lot of companies, we used to have this word called human resources. And so my role as vice president of corporate talent was to lead human resources for our corporate office. Over the time that I was um, working talent, which was thirty years. Um, once I grew into a leadership position, uh, some of my responsibilities, and one of my favorite responsibilities was selecting those franchisees. I did that for about 20 years uh, in addition to the corporate human resources work. But as as we grew as an organization, um, my role changed a lot, and uh, my most recent position in the area of talent was that of VP of Corporate Talent, um, which was overseeing the corporate human resources. But since then, Jim and Martha actually have a new role uh, Chick-fil-A um, asked me to lead and build a function for social responsibility. So my current title is Vice President, Enterprise Social Responsibility, and we're responsible for setting Chick-fil-A strategy around social and environmental issues. And um, it's been a fun challenge to learn something completely new and work with a new team. Wow. And, and <laughs> There's so much in those words. No kidding. So I, obviously that's going to be really fun to see how that plays out and, and what all you're able to do with that. So my question was going to be, and let's go back to the corporate talent okay. position sure. just for a moment, because a lot of people can relate to that. Number one, the word talent is such a positive word. I love that because it's looking, you know, we don't say people are untalented you know when you're referring to talent this is a great thing about people Mm -hmm. what was your favorite part about that position yeah and thanks for reminding me because i i was so caught up in telling you what i'm doing now i failed to mention to you that we very specifically call it talent versus human resources or Mm -hmm. people because we believe that's what we've attracted to chick-fil-a and that's what we're aspiring to do but the favorite thing in that role actually i've carried into my new role and i um love the opportunity to serve our franchisees, who I call the real heroes of our business, and um, and to be able to coach and develop talent. I just love watching other people achieve their dreams and succeed. And it was I got to do it on a very large scale of the organization in my other role along with my own team. And now I'm getting to focus that on my own team a little bit more, but I, it's still what I love in, in both roles. I, I can't wait. We'll have to we'll have to touch base later on. Maybe after you've got a year under your belt talking about Chick Fil A's focus on social responsibility and and environmental responsibility because there's so many ways to take that in today's world. And of course, mm-hmm. there's so there's a lot of politics associated with that. And I know that that's not where you're going with it. You're going with just true. How would how would a Christ follower? What would Jesus expect us to do from a social responsibility and an environmental responsibility? I know that that's where you, your focus is going to be in all these years and looking at corporate. Towns, all these years at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. 
How, as an image bearer of God in this environment, how does your work reflect some aspect of God's work? Well, I always said um, that my calling was to help other people find their calling, or my path was to help other people find their path. Um, I felt like that was my ministry. Uh, early on, when my husband was in the ministry and I was pursuing this full-time role in the marketplace, at one time I thought I was going to be in full-time ministry. And I and after I had begun my career at Chick-fil-A, I thought, well, maybe I've abandoned that. Maybe I'm not doing what I was supposed to do. And through a lot of prayer and searching, if God revealed to me very clearly that what I was doing was helping other people find their calling in life, and that that was very important. And so um, the other thing about the, the work that I, I feel like where I live out these my faith is to treat everyone with honor, dignity, and respect, which is a principle at Chick-fil-A, but it's a personal principle of mine, too. And as I, whether I'm, whether I'm interviewing someone or I'm coaching someone, I'm remembering that this is somebody special to someone. There's somebody's husband or wife, somebody's son or daughter, somebody's brother or sister, mother or father, and I want to treat those people as I'd want the special people in my life to be treated. I don't always do that perfectly, I'm sure, but I try and hope that I grow better the longer I work at it. Uh, listen, none of us none of us are perfect all the time. In fact, I, I wonder if I'm perfect ever. But I, I know I make some good choices sometimes. But it is it is such a treat when you start to when you start to pray, Lord, give me the eyes so that I can see these people the way you see them, and I, that really shifts your paradigm. Hey, today we're talking with Deanne Turner. She's the vice president of well, Deanne. I, you know, Martha and I got confused. So did you? She's with Chick Fil A, and she used to be the vice president of corporate talent at Chick Fil A. Now, Deanne, you got this new job. Did you give up your old one? or they just stack on top of you? <laughs> no, I made a complete change to this new role as VP of Enterprise Social Responsibility. So um, we have some other folks that are growing in their roles and working in talent these days, and I am trying to influence the growth of this brand new opportunity. The VP of Enterprise Social Responsibility. Congratulations for that. I'm not even sure what it really means, but I do know you're going to do an awesome job at it because you're in your last role for so many years. Let's talk about Chick-fil-A as an organization because there's a lot of people that they, they, every time they drive through or they, or they come in and they sit down at, the, at fast food tables that have fresh flowers, they get people that come and fill their drinks up. The food is always high quality. I mean, literally, there's my mouth is water. I got to stop talking about the food, but mm-hmm. it's cons- it's consistent. You know, my my we live in Florida now, but we grew up in Minnesota, and so Chick Fil A's only been in Minnesota for I don't know. It's like a year or two, right? And that's people correct. freaked out when they finally got Chick Fil A. and Like, oh my goodness, this is amazing! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it is. We get spoiled <laughs> with it here in the South. It, it, so it's the the. You deliver consistency, and I know you say you're not a fast food place. You're really a, a, you're focused on people, but you guys provide fantastic quality food and also fantastic quality people. From the people doing the drive-through, making the chicken, uh, running the running the restaurants, everywhere you go, you guys are always looking for talent. You mention in your book that you say in your book that leaders at Chick Fil A always serve. What does that stand for? Because you, you had a little acronym for the word mm-hmm. serve. Sure. Yes, we say that leaders at Chick-fil-A serve, and it stands for this. First of all, leaders see and shape the future. That's the S. Secondly, E, engage and develop others. Thirdly, R, reinvent continuously. Fourth, my favorite, value results 
and relationships, and number five, embody the values. How do you get people to consistently do that? Because that's a lot, a lot to think about. It's a lot for me to think about. I mean, you really, you're just talking about, hey, people that are work at Chick-fil-A, leaders at Chick-fil-A are Christ-like in everything that they do, because this is, this is the, the real embodiment of Christ in the organization. But to, to know all those things and to live all those things, do you have them listen to like recordings all day long so that they're always thinking that? Or how do you get it done? <laughs> well, first of all, we select for that. And um, we, you know, we we can talk about selecting for character, competency, and chemistry, but this is a lot of the character piece that we select for. And um, secondly, we train for it. We, uh, we train leaders how to do these things. And then most importantly, we measure it. And so performance evaluations of uh, leaders include evaluation of these skills. And so if, if we need to get better at it, then we focus on one of these areas and um, improve that skill. How often do you guys use the 360 review for your for your operators, uh, for the people that are out there in the field uh, serving the customers? Do you ever use a 360 review and get and get feedback from the the slightly above minimum wage people that are that are out there at the front counter, all the way up to the, the system managers and store managers that report to the operators? Do you, do you guys use that, or how do you get that feedback? Well, operators are independent franchisees, so that is their business. Those employees work for them, and many of them do get feedback from their team members for their use and to improve their leadership, Uh, Mm -hmm. but we're not involved in that process because those are their employees. We use 360 feedback quite often at at our corporate office, and leaders have the opportunity to get that kind of feedback. And, of course, we have all kinds of customer measurement systems to understand what our guests appreciate about us and what they'd like to see change. You know, one of the things I think I'm hearing predominantly over and over again is that um, it takes time for someone to um, become employed at Chick-fil-A, but there's a reason for that. And uh, people that are just looking for a job, this is probably not a place for them to be plant- to even try to be planted. Is that correct? Well, we do put a lot of time into the front end of this, and this is very intentional because Trent, mm-hmm. he really felt, felt a commitment to people once he selected them to be a franchisee or once he selected them to be part of his corporate staff. And he intended that. One of his guiding principles was long-term relationships. So mm-hmm. he intended us to have a long-term relationship. Well, to do that, both of us have to make a good decision on the front end. It has to be a good hiring decision for us or selection system, uh, decision of a franchisee. And it has to be a good decision for the person on the other end that it's right for them. And so our hiring process is not just for us to make a decision. I think we could actually make a decision faster. But it, it is equally as important that the other, the person who we're selecting, has the opportunity to really investigate Chick-fil-A and make mm-hmm. sure that it's the role and the opportunity that they're interested in. Now, what, what that does for us, because we put so much investment on the front end of selection, we don't have to make investment a big investment on making changes, which that's what a lot of the organizations end up doing. They make quicker decisions on the front end, but then it costs them a lot of money when a change is necessary. Yeah, change is so expensive. I mean, that kind of stuff is so expensive. So how many corporate Chick-fil-A employees are there? There are about 1,500 right now. All right, so here's my question, because I've worked for some 
I've just a couple times worked for some bigger organizations. Most of my experience has been in small business. That's because I couldn't handle the typical corporate culture. And and what I always found is that people in the home office were often extraordinarily disconnected from the reality of the customer touch point. Yet I'm guessing that at Chick-fil-A, that's not the case. But you got 1,500 people that are supporting franchisees slash operators across the country. How do you keep them engaged in the front lines and, and knowing the impact that they're making? Right. This is super important, and it was something that, during his lifetime, Truett certainly had a passion for, and that's continued um, through Dan's leadership, his, his oldest son. Uh, one of the things that our former president, Jimmy Collins, was famous for saving, or saying is, if you're not serving chicken, you better be serving someone who is. And he also used to say there are no cash registers at 5200 Buffington Road, which is our corporate office uh, headquarters address. So, um, first of all, we put a huge emphasis on the fact that um, the operators are at the top of the hierarchy in our organization. Uh, It's not the corporate staff. We're there to serve them. We wouldn't have jobs if they weren't selling chicken and taking Mm -hmm. care of guests. And so that's our focus. One of the things we do is we have all of our staff members, they work one day a year in the restaurant. Now, lots of staff members have responsibilities that keep them in the field regularly, some even every week. Uh, But this is across the board for every single person who works for us on a full-time basis. They spend a day working as a team member in a team member uniform. And I'm grateful for all of our franchisees who allow us to do that because um, I don't think that it's really always the best added labor. I know when I show up, um, sometimes I'm just in their way and they can move a lot faster without me there. But they're very kind to allow us to come in and work with them so that we can better understand their daily challenges, whether it's in the kitchen with the recipes. You know, all of our food is freshly made in the restaurant, so Mm -hmm. lots of opportunities to learn there. Or if it's our service delivery model or it's something going on with the technology in the drive-thru, it gives us great insight into what it's like to actually not just um, be an operator, but more importantly, what it's like to be a team member serving guests every day. That is fabulous. What a great role model. And, um, you know, getting your hands dirty, getting in there and, and seeing what they're doing and being able to take that back and then make any improvements to help them. I love the idea that you're saying that if you're not serving the chicken, you're serving someone who is. And that really, that's really powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I felt sorry for that one operator one day. They had me make milkshakes because those are hand spun, and I just hand spun them all over me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that. And then they, then you have to figure out how to operate that whipped cream can, which must be the largest whipped cream can ever. And then you have to place the cherry just perfect just on right. top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> the co- cookies and cream shake is by far, your, in my humble opinion, your best. All right, yeah. so I know that you went into Chick-fil-A thinking you'd end up in marketing, but you ended up HR, and now you're the vice president of enterprise social responsibility. But did you have anything to do with the cows? Oh, I wish I could claim it, but uh, no. But what a fabulous run that's been for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually, our advertising agency out of Dallas, Texas, helped develop that with our advertising people at Chick-fil-A. And I think it's uh, about 25 years going now. It is unbelievable. You guys must have a billion dollars in uh, cardboard cows that are connected to uh, uh, signs across America. All right, Dan, I want to share some of the the hints, the 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 tricks that it's not tricks, it's the tricks of the trade, but it's really just 
absolutely excellent stuff that you guys do when you are selecting the right who, the right talent for Chick-fil-A. So you've got these steps that you go through. Let's just talk through them. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. I know that you, you first, you, you figure out who's, what, what is the person that you're looking for? So you carefully craft the profile, the role. How does that come about? Yeah, what we're trying to do there is to identify the key skills and experiences that would help somebody be successful in the role. We want to not just think about that current role, but we want to think about the future role too, the, what, how this might grow and what might be required. We also want to take a look at the whole team. Uh, what, gaps do we need to fill when we have this opportunity to add new talent to the team? And so we use every hire as a chance to make adjustments uh, to the team and to maximize everyone's talent. Does the team actually get to play a role in this? Oftentimes they do. That's part of a, I know you referred to it a couple times, I did too, about our selection for character, competency, and chemistry. But when we think about chemistry, we look at how how well someone's going to fit in within a team and match up and and so it's not uncommon for the team to take the candidate to lunch or to have interactions um, with them. So sometimes that's quite possible. You also put in there that you cast a wide net for candidates. Yet you guys could get anybody from anywhere. Why do you cast a wide net? What are you looking to do? Well, you know, we want to generate a diverse candidate pool. Differences can really energize a team and introduce new ideas. And sometimes fresh ideas from different perspectives can really stimulate a breakthrough to a new level performance. And so we're looking for all different um, points of view and input into uh, we're trying to be a very innovative organization, obviously, to stay ahead of the competition. So we want a diverse workforce that helps us think very innovatively. Martha, you had a question. Yeah, so after you cast that wide net and you're preparing for the interview, you talk about the fact that you want behavioral-based interview questions. What does that look like? Well, what we're trying to do there is to avoid, of course, a yes or no answer. We want to learn more about what the candidates actually done in the past because we know that past performance is the best predictor of future performance. And so we're really trying to learn exactly what they've done. And we don't want to ask situational things like, what would you do in this situation? If they've never been in that situation, they don't know. So behavioral uh, type question, interviewing question would be something like, tell me about a time when you, or when did you, uh, uh, or what was your greatest achievement at, or um, what would other people tell us uh, was your greatest achievement? Um, you know, those kinds of questions that really get at the actual behavior of what something's done, uh, what they've done, or excuse me, what someone has done. Uh, tell me about a time when you weren't successful. Uh, how did you overcome that? And I like the idea of when I ask that question, I like to go three questions deep into that. So if I've asked them, tell me about a challenge you had, and they tell me, well, how did you overcome that? Well, did you feel successful out of that? What did you do the next time? So that you're having a real conversation to understand how somebody really thinks and how they've handled things in the past. That will give you the best idea of how they're going to work for you. Now, you said your hiring process took almost four months. Does the average hiring of a corporate uh, talent for Chick-fil-A take four months, or is it somewhat shorter than that? Well, truthfully, as we've grown, grown larger, we have reduced the time that it takes for somebody to go through the process. And part of that is the added talent to the people who actually do that work in technology advances. People can apply online, for example, 
versus right. going through a handwritten application process. So we've reduced that, but the the spirit of what we're trying to do, we're, we're you know, I won't say it's never happened because I could probably be proven wrong at some point, but <laughs> it's not the kind of place where you come in for one interview and you get offered a job on the spot and you're done. Um, right. You know, we, we take people through a multi-interview process so that different leaders can have an opportunity to select the best candidate. So the candidate can have an opportunity to meet more people and understand exactly what they're getting involved in. And one of the things that we do, and I talk about these in these six steps, is this extensive referencing that we do. And okay, that's so I want to ask... I want to ask you a question about that because in the day, I mean, today's world, when you call and you say, hey, I'm checking a reference on Bob Johnson, and you're like, yep, he worked here. That's all I can say. You know, I can verify yeah. I can verify that he worked here. I mean, how are you getting real references? Because today people are afraid to say, no, you don't want to hire that guy. I mean, you know, well, I mean, how do you get past all that? Well, the candidate is actually the person who helps us with that, so... We explain to them what we're trying to accomplish because we want to talk to somebody we can ask behavioral interviewing type questions to the reference too. So they can give us real facts about how somebody's performed. And what we want from the camp, we ask them for references of people they've been accountable to in the past. So certainly we want to talk to people they've worked for in the past and that's important. But also there are lots of other areas of their life. If they've been a little league coach, well, they've been accountable to somebody in the mm-hmm. recreational athletic league. Uh, there's a commissioner or someone. And so um, if they've been, you know, a Girl Scout leader, there's somebody they've been accountable to in that role. And so we want to get those business references, but we also want to get their other areas of where they led and we can uh, talk to. So they give us that information very specifically. So in other words, we just don't pick up an application and go through and pick up the supervisor's name and call. We ask them to help us with that process. And it's normal that a a candidate will usually reach out to those references and let them know, hey, I've given your name. Um, if we're unable to get what we're looking for, we actually go back to the candidate and we say, thanks for the, the people you've given us. But, you know, we've gotten some of those answers like you described a minute ago, Jim, where we don't get much information. And really, before we can continue with the selection process, we really need to be able to talk to some people who can give us some idea about your um, capability. And usually it's the candidate that will either, you know, break through by talking to someone and helping them become involved with us, or they'll choose someone else. But um, generally we're going to talk to about six people, and those interviews will average about 30 to 45 minutes each. Wow. We also, yeah, We also do something else. We ask the candidate to do the same with Chick-fil-A. Go and talk to some of our franchisees. Um, talk to, I mean, if you want to talk to a vendor, if you know those people, if you know other people who work at Chick-fil-A, we want you to check us out thoroughly because we want you to know about us. And if you have a question, we're going to transparently answer that question. It's a two-way street, even in the referencing part. Yeah, that's just, uh, references are so important if you can get people to be honest because you don't want to, and I love what you just said, you want to make sure the candidates making sure they're a good fit as well. And, and we often, when I'm working with small business owners, just say, listen, Check this person out, interview them multiple times, and then let them come in and test drive the team for the day and let the team test drive them for the day to see mm-hmm. if they fit in. And that's really what you're saying. You're, you're getting lots of exposure to lots of different people so that people you get a lot of intuition in there. How does your faith fit into that reference checking part? I mean, when you guys are hiring somebody, how often do you guys sit and pray in a group going, Lord, is this the right candidate? Well, it, you know, Chick-fil-A is, Paul Truett founded the business um, on biblical principles. People sometimes call organizations like Chick-fil-A 
a Christian company. Well, we have a lot of Christians that work there, but companies can't be Christian. It's a business that's based on biblical principles. And so he's true. It attracted a lot of Christians to Chick-fil-A. But we have a lot of people from a lot of different walks with a lot of different perspectives that work at Chick-fil-A. So I would only be able to answer that question just from a personal perspective, because I am a person of faith. And so, sure, there were times when I had that responsibility of selecting people that I personally would pray that I would make the right selection. Um, Were we 100% right on all of our decisions? I'll tell you, I know we missed some great talent, and we probably at times uh, made some decisions that weren't in, in our best interest or the candidate's best interest. But over the course of time, having a retention rate of franchisees of about 96% over the last 40 years and around the same type of percentage of retention rate for our corporate staff, and I think, you know, that it worked out pretty well. Oh my, that's inc- those are incredible numbers when you really look at the, the world, the corporate world out there. Deanne, Martha asked me this question off the air. I'm embarrassed that I didn't ask the question yet. So I was saying I would love to hear a little bit of the story behind both the title of the book and where that phrase, It's My Pleasure, actually came from that is so well-known within Chick-fil-A. Oh, this is such a fun story uh, to talk about. It came from Truett, and where he came up with it is he had spent some time with the Ritz-Carlton Hotel people, and Ritz-Carlton is very much known for their response to their guests. When a guest says, thank you, they say, it's my pleasure. And so Truett enjoyed um, having that experience, and he thought that sounded so much nicer. And he imagined that in a fast food environment where you're used to just hearing, maybe you're welcome, but even more often, no problem, which he especially disdained. Uh, So Truett came to the annual operators convention that we have each year, and he got up before them on stage, and he told the story, very similar to what I just told you, and he said, now, when your team members... When a guest tells your team member, thank you, I would like for your team member to respond by saying, my pleasure. Well, Truett was a man who, he didn't have a lot of requirements. Um, Part of the beauty of our culture at Chick-fil-A was that we selected great people, we expected them to use great judgment, and he didn't make a lot of rules. In fact, when I first came to Chick-fil-A, I think franchisees only had three rules. Don't open on Sunday, don't change the menu, and put the money in the bank. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) So so they weren't used to Truett issuing an edict, and maybe people didn't really understand that's what he was doing, so nothing in our business changed. Truett came back the next year, told the same story again, and told them again what he wanted them to do. It didn't change again. In fact, Truett did this for nine years. And finally, on the tenth year, he stood up, and he very sternly said, now I mean this. (laughs) (laughs) When a guest says, thank you, I would like for your team members to say, my pleasure. And so he had everybody practice it. And I think it was actually Dan then that said, huh, I think Dad really wants this to happen. And so we made it a a, a standard. But what I'm so pleased with is that even though we made it a standard, I don't often find that it's ever delivered in an insincere way. Mm -hmm. And I think our team members, AAA team members, I think that they really, truly understand the service mentality behind it and what they're saying is it's my pleasure to serve you. I really enjoy doing this. This is my job, and I've chosen a job in which I serve other people. And so I'm really grateful for the spirit with which Chick-fil-A team members express that. 
Deanne, I, I hate to say this, but we run out of time. Thank you oh. so much. You've been so amazing. We so much appreciate you and what you represent and how Chick-fil-A really is an inspiration for Christian business owners around the world. Thanks for setting a high standard. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. God bless you, and, and I hope someday we get to meet face-to-face. Thank you, Jim and Martha. I would love to meet you, and I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Right, thank you. Now everybody's hungry for a Chick-fil-A. Um, I know I am. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you heard something from Deanne that just inspired you to dig deeper in your faith. She said she brought us a lot of practical suggestions on how to hire and how to incorporate great talent within your group. How intentional are you with that? I know that Jesus did that very, very well when picking out his disciples. Remember, he picked out 12 guys, and 11 of them changed the world. And then he grabbed Paul, and he really changed the world. I mean, it's just amazing. All Chick-fil-A does is represent what Christ has done. Thanks so much for tuning in to I Work For Him. Go out to iWorkForHim.com tonight. Click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Join the nation. Start making an impact on your heart and on your workplace tomorrow. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.